Hello and welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. This sermon was preached on September 11th, 2022, for our first Sunday in the series Hard Truth. This week we're focusing on the words of Luke 15, verses 1 through 10, which teach us that the found are left and the lost are found. Here are the words of Luke chapter 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were muttering, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of our Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, are you worth it? That's the question that our gospel reading for today poses. Are you worth it? Jesus tells a pair of parables about two people who lost something. A shepherd who lost one of his hundred sheep and a woman who lost one of her ten coins. In both cases, both the shepherd and the woman had to ask themselves, is it worth it? Do I spend the time and energy chasing after, searching for this one sheep, this one coin? What Jesus says might surprise you. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Jesus makes it personal. He wants us to imagine ourselves in the shepherd's shoes. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. But then Jesus asks the question in such a way that he makes the answer seem obvious. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one until he finds it? To Jesus, it's obvious that the shepherd would. But would you? If you were in that situation, if you had a hundred sheep and one went missing, would you leave the 99 in the open country to go chasing after one? I don't know that I would. A 99% success rate is pretty good. In most areas of our lives, we're comfortable with a margin of error. There are certain losses that, while unfortunate, are nevertheless acceptable. Most students, for instance, wouldn't cry if they got one question out of a hundred wrong on a test. My favorite football team plays its first game today. I would be elated if they only lost one of their 17 games this season. 
one loss, much less 1%, is usually not a big deal. But it is to God. Jesus thought that the choice was obvious. Of course he would leave the 99 to go chasing after the one. That's how important every single one of his sheep is to him. They don't have numbered tags hanging from their ears to help him identify them. He knows them all by name. He doesn't reduce their value to him to a dollar amount. He loves them just for who they are. When our good shepherd looks out at his flock, he doesn't see a sea of sheep. He sees each one of you. And he cares about each one of you, so much so that he notices when you're gone. And not only that, he leaps into action to bring you home. To Jesus, the choice was obvious. Of course he would leave the 99 to go chasing after the one. The fact that we would even have to think about it tells you all that you need to know about us, doesn't it? Remember why Jesus is telling these parables. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were muttering, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law saw Jesus associating with tax collectors and sinners. They were disgusted. To the Pharisees, these people were a basket of deplorables. They were the undesirables in society, people you would cross the street to avoid. You definitely wouldn't share a meal with them. The Pharisees took one look at their behavior and wrote them off as lost causes not worth their time or energy. Is there someone you feel that way about? That they're a lost cause, not worth your time or energy? Is there a whole segment of society you write off because of their behavior? Are there people you actively avoid like the plague when in reality you are in the perfect position to offer them help and healing? Do you know someone caught in sin whom you are more interested in seeing getting punished than being saved? Well, then maybe you are the sheep who has strayed away from the flock. Because that attitude is not at all like your shepherd's. To Jesus, the choice was obvious. Of course he would leave the 99 to go chasing after the one. We rarely feel the same way. Even when we do end up doing the right thing, it isn't often with the right attitude. Isn't it often with silent judgment in our hearts or a disappointed shake of our heads? With resentment or bitterness at the time or energy it cost us? with skepticism and cynicism that assumes that they'll just get stuck and need help all over again. Again, if that's the way your heart feels, like mine sometimes does, then maybe you are the sheep who has strayed away from the flock, because that attitude is not at all like your shepherd's. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it, Jesus asks? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. The shepherd didn't spend that whole trip home scolding his sheep. 
The shepherd didn't grumble under his breath. He joyfully hefted that 70-pound strain sheep on his shoulders and, and walked all the way home with a smile on his face, planning the celebration he'd throw with his friends. Rejoice with me! I have found my lost sheep. That's the attitude that our shepherd has toward every street, sheep that strays. That's the attitude that Jesus has toward you. And while what Jesus says next is a stern rebuke of our own self-righteous pride and stone-cold hearts, there's more than a glimmer of hope in these words, too. Jesus says, I tell you, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Shame on us for our severe lack of sincere love for the lost. Our God in heaven has so much more joy over the recovery of a single repentant sinner from that basket of deplorables, the undesirables of society. He has so much more joy over the repentance and recovery of a single sinner than 99 of us, who may be doing all the right things outwardly, but whose hearts inwardly are self-righteous and stone-cold. Another way to say the same thing is that our God has no joy when we feel we have no need to be sorry about anything. If you feel that you have no need to repent, then God has no need of you. As I said before, that kind of attitude makes you the lost sheep whose heart has wandered far from the attitude of your shepherd. These words are a stern rebuke of our self-righteousness. But they're also a promise of grace and love and full and free forgiveness. If you're the lost sheep, then that means that Jesus is willing to leave the 99 to go chasing after you. Then that means that Jesus thinks that you are worth it. Your God went to great lengths to save you. He spared no expense and no cost was too high. When it comes to saving his sheep, a good shepherd would even endanger his own life. And that's what the good shepherd did for you. While you were still a sinful, self-righteous, straying sheep, God sent his son for you to seek you and to save you to bring you home, and to rejoice over you. Jesus told these parables on his final fatal trip to Jerusalem. When he got there, he'd be arrested, put into prison, and sentenced to death. But it's not as if Jesus was defeated by his enemies. He went there of his own volition, willingly making himself vulnerable even to the point of death for you. And he did it lovingly, not begrudgingly, not like a shepherd who trudges home lugging a 70-pound sheep over his shoulder while muttering under his breath. No, Jesus sought you and saved you because he loves you. Jesus extended his arms on a cross and died so that he could scoop you up in those same arms and carry you home in his nail-scarred hands. When Jesus died, he forgave all your sin. 
and promised you a future with him forever at home in heaven. But even now, you have a home here. And I don't necessarily mean these four walls or this street address. I mean the fellowship of believers, the great flock of our good shepherd, where we hear his voice as he speaks to us in his word, gathering us by his grace and calling us by our names. Your good shepherd loves you, and he misses you when you stray. He eagerly desires your recovery and your return. He wants you to repent. And when you do, he does not hold it over your head or shame you into obedience. He rejoices over you, and so do all the angels in heaven. I didn't plan it this way. Luke 15 is the assigned text for this Sunday, but it's the perfect text for Back to Church Sunday. It's the reminder of why we come. Because our Good Shepherd loved us enough to seek and save us. And because he did, we have a home here and one waiting for us in heaven, where we will live in his joy forever, because he thinks you're worth it. Amen.